The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. I say it's time we focus on what really matters. The games. Who's with me? Hello and welcome back to a, uh, another episode of the PlayStation Experience Podcast. My name is Seth and I am uh, I'm one of your hosts, um, flying solo this, this, this week. Um, it's been a little while and, uh, and I apologize for that. Um, it's just been, you know, it's been busy, busy time. Um, but this is September and at PSVG, this is the September to remember. So this is the September that I remembered to record this podcast. It's a little bit of a joke, but, um, so we're going to, uh, do something a little bit different this show and, um, uh, eventually we'll get back on to, um, more of the conversational podcast, but, uh, but for now to kind of get things going and, and kind of keep the PlayStation experience going, um, it's just going to be me for right now. Uh, but, uh, each week I, I want to dive into kind of a segment of the PlayStation gaming history and, um, uh, kind of look back at where we've come. Uh, it is September 2019. Uh, we're figuring by this time next year we will be maybe two months out from PlayStation 5 coming out. Uh, so it's uh, this next um, next 12, 14 months is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, still have some, some great games coming up <clears throat> um, for the PS4. And then, of course, the PlayStation 5 is going to be... Muy, muy exciting. Um, before I dive into uh, what I'm going to be doing uh, for this show, I do want to take a moment and thank all of our uh, PSVG Patreon producers, Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh Borboni, Chris M., Devin Tyus, Paul Calicote, Kyle Hyman, Benny Liu, and Joel Voss slash Professor Switch. Thank each and every one of you, and thank... Um, Thank everybody who supports us on Patreon, um, who listens to us, who interacts with us. Um, however, however you are connected to the play some video games uh, cinematic universe, um, I just thank you. Uh, this this really is um, is a cool group, and uh, have been excited. I've been excited um, listening to what's been going on elsewhere in PSVG um, over on Nintendo Shack with Pear Schneider and. And uh, the PSVG Prime with uh, with uh, Watchdogs person uh, whose name escapes me right now, and I apologize for that. But this uh, really is um, some pretty cool, pretty cool stuff going on. So the meat of today's show, uh, I'm going to be looking at 989 Studios, um, which uh, has a long history going back to 1989. Um, before I get into that, so that's a little teaser as to uh, what uh, kind of what most of this show is going to be about. I did want to touch on 
a couple of uh, PlayStation news items that uh, that I've missed in my kind of month's absence here. Um, I also wanted to to make a note. This <laughs> this is actually the 50th episode of the PlayStation Experience podcast here on the PSVG podcast network, um, which is pretty cool. Um, we still got a long way to go, and and uh, hope to be here. Um, you know. Year from now, celebrating episode 100 and getting ready for the PlayStation 5 launch, um, which uh, hopefully in that time um, I will prove to Donnie and he will buy me a PlayStation 5. That is the that is the goal. So anyway, that's kind of a joke. Uh, I'll start off with uh, with this week's new releases coming to the PlayStation 4 console. This week we've got um, a lot of games. Some games I've seen elsewhere, actually. Um, Agatha Knife, I know, is on Switch. Um, there's a game called Blasphemous. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the biggie um, this week is Borderlands 3 coming out. The original looter shooter returns, packing bazillions of guns in a mayhem-fueled adventure. Blast through new worlds and enemies as one of four new Vault Hunters. Play solo or with friends to take on insane enemies, score loads of loot, and save your home for the most ruthless cult leaders in the galaxy. Um, a lot of people looking forward to that. Um, I actually I played the pre-sequel. Uh, no, not the pre-sequel. Borderlands 2. Um, it came to um, came free on PlayStation Plus a few months ago, and uh, the Handsome Jack collection. I tried Borderlands 2, and um, I'm, I'm sure that it's better with friends, but it just did not click with me. That's all right. Excuse me, another big game coming out this week, eFootball Pez 2020. That is uh, Pro Evolution Soccer is um, one of the big, two big soccer games in the world that comes out every year. Um, of course, this one is missing most of the, you know, the FIFA licenses that uh, EA Sports FIFA has. But um, it looks um, looks like it should be a good game. Um that's coming out. Greedfall is one that uh, that a lot of people are excited for. Um, looks really interesting. Um, it is uh, from uh, from a team that has made some other games. I think the Technomancer, um, and uh, and there's another game that they made as well. As well. It's an RPG, uh, you know, quote unquote Western RPG. Um, Greedfall is a completely new world. This is coming from a PlayStation blog post about Greedfall. Um, The world of Greedfall is inspired by 17th century history and the sense of wonder and exploration that permeated society due due to new discoveries in countless fields. The game has echoes of colonial themes, yet doesn't mirror history in this respect. What happens is up to you. The world of Greedfall is full of different people and factions, quests and creatures, and everything has a history and a reason for being there. Whether you delve into these mysteries or not is your choice. So that sounds pretty pretty promising. I, I've seen um, in some other areas. Uh, uh, I think it was a uh, the the promo video for Greedfall. Um, someone calls this the a game that Bioware fans should pay attention to, which um, you know I love. I love Mass Effect. Um, the original trilogy, so so I'm I'm interested in this one. Um, sounds pretty cool. Um, the other points this blog post makes: Tear Frady <laughs> is an island full of promises. In Greedfall, you embark from the old continent to the island of Tear Frady. Frady, I don't know. 
the new world full of wilderness and new environments to explore. Forests, mountains, swamps, and cities will draw you in, but keep a wary eye out for the many strange creatures that prowl there. Um, it, uh, it just, it looks like a cool game. I don't know if I'll get into it. Um, uh, there are, it talks about difficulty a little bit. There are four game difficulties that significantly alter the kind of experience you can expect. On one end, you have the more story-driven experience, focusing on the characters and diplomacy over combat. On the other, you have a more combat-focused mode for stat heads and RPG experts. Basically, if, if all of this works the way that this blog post is describing, Greedfall sounds pretty awesome. Um, I am somewhat skeptical that uh, that it will work quite like that, but uh, one can hope. Um, so hopefully that's a, that's a great game. Uh, other big games coming out this week, NASCAR Heat 4. Um, looks really good. I, I've heard the handling model is much better than past um, editions of NASCAR Heat. I really think the NASCAR Heat series is interesting. Um, they have a they have a pretty uh, pretty neat career mode. Um, and of course, if you like NASCAR, it's the only NASCAR game out there for you, really. But um, but I've always had trouble with the handling and with uh, especially when you start bumping into cards, it's pretty easy to spin out. Supposedly they fix that. Um, so the game looks good. It's another NASCAR Heat game. NHL twenty twenty. NHL 20 is also out this week. Um, I actually, uh, as part of EA Access, just downloaded the trial and um, have not booted it up yet, but hope to soon. Um, I always enjoyed playing the NHL games. So back to NHL 94, which is hard to believe, you know, it was 25 years ago. Um, maybe 26. I don't know when that game was released, but... Um, I, uh, I'm looking forward to, to diving into NHL 20. I'll probably suck at it, but that's all right. Um, uh, looks like the other games here, The Walking Dead, the Telltale Definitive series, looks like the whole thing is being released in one set. All four seasons, 400 days, and The Walking Dead Michonne, which includes over 50 hours of gameplay across 23 unique episodes. That's a lot of... Um, it's a lot of depression and darkness. <laughs> this is what that is. And then finally, WRC 8 FIA World Rally Championship, the official World Rally Championship game. I believe this is de- developed by Kyloton, um, which makes perfectly com- uh, competent racing games. They're fine. Um, you know, in a, in a year where... Uh, uh, Oh, Dirt Rally 2.0 came out, um, and actually Dirt Rally 2.0 uh, just released. Um, you can buy a bundle that that includes the first four seasons worth of DLC content, which is an additional 24 cars. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feature the official World Rally Championship tracks, but I uh, I have to imagine that if you're really into rally, you're playing Dirt Rally uh, 2.0. So. Um, before I move on to, uh, I'm going to touch base on a couple other news items. Did want to take a moment to say, uh, what I've been playing, basically what I have been playing on the PlayStation 4 home entertainment console is Wreckfest. Wreckfest is a game I've been waiting on for, it's been in development for five, six, seven, eight years. I, I don't know exactly, but I've been waiting on it for at least the past two years, um, since it was originally announced that it would be coming to console. 
Um, and finally, it came uh, in August, end of August, and um, that's basically the only game, aside from Apex Legends, um, basically the only game I've been playing on PlayStation. Um, it's uh, it's a really good game. The you know it's an it's an arcade sim racer. Um, you know there's there's nothing too sim heavy about it. Um, you're not managing you know intricate stats. Um, you're not you know it's not a serious racer like Gran Turismo, which I love Gran Turismo, but um, you know there you're you know always worried about bumping into people and. And really, in Wreckfest, you can, if you bump into people the wrong way, you're going to spin yourself out. Um, other people can bump into you and, and spin you out and, and ruin your race. You can be, I've had many races, you know, the races are short, three, four, six laps, things like that. Um, and uh, I, I've definitely had laps where I've been in the uh, podium position for the whole race, and then it gets down to the last lap, and... And I go into a corner a little bit too hard. I have to break, um, break too late, and then the car behind me smashes into me and spins me around. And all of a sudden, I'm in 18th place, um, which is, can be quite frustrating. But in the game, uh, you can restart pretty quickly there uh, if you want to, or just you know, it doesn't matter. It's fun. I mean, part of the it's called Wreckfest. <laughs> You're supposed to wreck. So there, uh, <laughs> there was one race where um, you're kind of it, it's a track out in the country and, and if you go off course you can run into trees there are parts um there are some figure eight tracks where you know or even parts of tracks that are that are like figure eight where you go around a circle and then all of a sudden you're you're crossing where other cars are entering that circle so so there was one race where i think it was six laps long and two laps into the race um you each car you have a you have hp each time and and you start at 100, and you go down to zero, you get to zero, you lose. Or if you lose two of your tires, you lose. Um, in the career mode, I'm playing just uh, normal um, damage mode, which is a little bit more forgiving um, compared to realistic. Uh, if you play realistic and you lose a wheel, then, I mean, you can lose a wheel, and it really impacts how well you can drive around the track. Um, and uh, if your engine starts going, it impacts how well your engine fires and things like that. With normal damage, um, you still get a lot of damage, but it goes a little slower and it doesn't quite impact your actual driving as much. Um, so I've been doing that for the uh, career mode right now. Um, but anyway, I had, had a race where, where on the second lap, um, I was in a huge pileup and my car flipped and I was down to like seven hit points. Um, I spent the next three laps avoiding any contact and uh in this lap this this race was just a uh it was the most destructive race i've been a part of where excuse me where um just people were wrecking out all over the place and really it's just kind of dodging because their their wrecks just stay on the on the track so uh so i got around to the penultimate lap and going around this circle area that crosses where other cars are crossing and as i go around that a car plows and no a car um i swerve to miss a car and then i plow into a tree and that ends my race um but the tr the race was so destructive that i ended up in fourth place even though i crashed out um so that's it. anyway the the moment to moment gameplay is just fun um the online gameplay is fun you know you, you really have to turn off that um 
I mean, it's a racing game. You want to win a race, but um, sometimes you're just going to smash things and you're going to get smashed into. And uh, I've won races that I had no business winning. I've lost races that it, uh, that I should have won. And most of the time, I'm in the bottom half of the uh, of the order, which is fine. Uh, you can still have fun. There's battles everywhere. Um, the online for me has been a bit laggy, uh, which is disappointing. But I'm hoping that gets figured out. The online is also pretty bare bones. You just you go in and you say, "I want to run only races." You can run destruction derbies. You can run special races and and have vehicles like buses and RVs and lawnmowers and things like that. Um, but, uh, the game is just, it's bonkers. Um, it's fun. And, uh, anybody who likes arcade racing, give it a go. Um, where I say it's arcade sim, uh, you know, there's all different class, uh, classes of cars and models and weights and things like that. And depending on what car you're driving, um, it does change how you have to drive that car. You know, if it's a heavier car, you've got to, that has worse brakes. You've got to slow down sooner. And um, if you try and turn too fast, you might t- you might tip over. Um, but um, and the uh, the different surfaces between dirt and um, asphalt um, change how you have to drive. So it's um it's a good game. I I really enjoy it. There are I counted um, so I think there are just for the racing, not counting the uh, destruction derby um, parts. Um, but the the racing, there are, I think, 20 different locations to race at. And within those 20 locations, there are 39 separate tracks, um, track layouts, I should say. And then that doesn't count the, there are many tracks that let you race them in reverse as well. So there are, um, not counting the reverse tracks, there are 39 racetracks, um, in this game, some of them are at the same environments as as each other, um, but still, I mean, that's a that's really a lot of variety um, for a game. Um, you know, of course, none of the tracks are real locations; the cars aren't real, but they, you know, they look real. The game looks good. Um, damage model is awesome, and uh, I, you know, wholeheartedly recommend this game to anybody who enjoys racing games but um doesn't want to get into quote-unquote serious racers like Gran Turismo um or even you know maybe Forza Motorsport uh, things like that so speaking of racing games another thing that was announced uh kind of during my little I won't call it a vacation but uh time off from doing the podcast Need for Speed Heat the next game in the Need for Speed uh gaming universe Need for Speed Heat takes place in basically in Miami um, looks like Miami Vice kind of graphics things like that um, the thing I did want to call out about this um, talks about the gameplay loop being tied to the day night cycle so in the daytime you are racing legitimate races um, you, you set up actual races and they're sanctioned races and and you're earning money and um, Building up, um, building up money so that you can, um, you know, upgrade cars, things like that, and then you can switch to the nighttime. And at nighttime, you're running illicit street races and kind of the maybe the traditional Need for Speed kind of uh, gameplay. And and the more you do illegal street races, the more attention you get from police, and uh, so on and so forth. So I think that's a 
could be a pretty neat, um, uh, pretty neat gameplay loop where really they're trying to build it so that during the daytime you go and do races and you make money to upgrade your cars, that you go into the night and upgrade your player rep and your heat, which is um, a multi multiplier um, that gives you more experience and, and things like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really have enjoyed um, playing Need for Speed Payback um, on EA Access. Um, I didn't get super far into the story, but I um, got pretty far and I might dive back into it, but then Breakfast came out. So um, I do have some difficulty switching between too many different racing uh, car models because um, then you forget what your car can do uh, as you're racing. So, and finally, before I dive into 989 Studios, I also wanted to touch on Insomniac Games. Um, that broke, uh, came out in August that um, Insomniac was officially becoming part of the PlayStation um, ecosystem, and uh, that it just makes a lot of sense. A lot of games Insomniac has developed have been PlayStation exclusives. Um, and uh, they're a great studio. You know, Spider-Man. Spider-Man might well be the best PlayStation 4 game. Period. Um, and and uh, obviously, best being subjective and, and whatever. But um, it's a great game. Um, and uh, and I'm hopeful. Um, you know, for a lot of shooter fans, that Resistance could make a return. Whether that's them. Um, uh, Enhancing the original games, or coming out with a new Resistance, or whatever you know, those those were great games. Um, hoping those can make a return, and then of course Spider-Man Two has to be in development, um, and, uh, and who knows what else? Um, you know, Ratchet and Clank um, certainly, and then hopefully new IP also. You know, I don't think you just buy a studio um, of Insomniac's caliber um, just looking to make the uh, the same games that they've always made. But um, but I'm really... I, I think that's a great move. It's a great thing. Um, chances are Spider-Man 2 was already well in development before this purchase happened. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm thinking we could launch the PS5 with Spider-Man 2. Um, that would be really cool. So, um, on to uh, kind of what I wanted to do. And, and this is something I, I was working on a few weeks ago and, and really wanted to... Um, focus uh, PSXP on this idea of exploring PlayStation's history. Um, I, uh, in looking at where to start, I, I don't know how I landed on 989 Studios, but I did. Um, and uh, and I'm just gonna kind of dive in. So so this is sort of like um, you know in in our Patreon exclusive shows, we've got Arcadia Academia, which is a weekly look from Kevin and Caro. Um, a weekly look back to some game in gaming history. Um, and so this is kind of inspired by that idea. Um, this week I'm going into 989 Studios. Every week I will not uh, necessarily go into a whole studio. It might just be a game. It might be um, a specific creator or something. I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, flying by the seat of my pants here. But this week it's all about 989 Studios. So here... Here is where um, I would enter. Uh, we would have some sort of theme music or something, but but I don't. So anyway, 
Um, here is the PSXP PlayStation History Moment of the Week. Dun, dun, dun. All right. 989 Studios is a label that Sony published first-party games, Sony used to publish first-party games during the PS1 and PS2 eras, but the studio has roots that go back to 1989. Um, I am going to focus, um, by the end of this, on 989 Sports, um, but I also want to do a rundown of their, um, the studio's published games specifically, um, where we've got, uh, I'm going to say Cool Borders, yeah, Cool Borders 3 and 4, um, Bust a Groove, Twisted Metal 3 and 4, and the Siphon Filters games, um, which are all games that 989 Studios published but maybe didn't directly develop. Um, the uh, For me, um, as a PS1 gamer and kind of the gamer that I was in the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 eras, where I was really a sports gamer. Uh, I mean, I played other games, but I played sports games. Uh, 989 was famous for their sports games. Um, and, uh, and really, today's MLB The Show series is, is very much an offshoot or, or a, a further evolution of the 989 MLB series from the early 2000s. But I am going to start back in 1989. When the game studio CSG Image Soft was born in January of that year in Los Angeles, owned by the CBS Sony Group, hence CSG, the initial focus was in publishing games for the Nintendo Entertainment System in the U.S. Uh, this is according to a 1989 article in PR Newswire. Uh, their first game was Super Dodgeball, developed by Technos Japan and published in the U.S. by CSG. That game is currently available on Nintendo Switch's NES online platform. Over the next year or so, CSG published a few other games, including the movie time-developed side-scroller Dragon's Lair, which appears to have not been received very well. Sometime in 1991, the company rebranded itself as Sony ImageSoft after Sony established its North American division, Sony Electronic Publishing. In 1992, Sony began publishing games for Sega Genesis, Game Gear, and Sega CD, publishing Sewer Shark and Hook for the disc-based peripheral. As an aside, I um, I played Sewer Shark as a kid. My uh, actually at my granddad's house, he had uh, it was a Sega Genesis, and then he had uh, an attachment that went on the Sega Genesis that would play old Sega Master System games. So you know, I loved Alex Kidd and um, some of the old Master System games. And then he also had the Sega CD that attached to it. Um, so I, uh, I played a number of Sega CD and Sega Master System and Sega Genesis games um, in the summers when I would go to his house. Uh, Sewer Shark is an on-rails shooter and was one of Sega CD's best-selling games, shipping 100,000 units before eventually being bundled with the Sega CD. It's listed on the AP's Top 10 Video Games of 1993, um, but for me, as a you know, as an eight-year-old kid, um, eight nine years old when I would have played that, uh, you know, it's FMV. You know, you're it's like you're like you're controlling a movie, um, which was of course the the cool quote unquote cool part of Sega CD. Um, you know, everything was live action. 
things like that. Probably not everything, but, but, but that's what I remember. Ultimately, under the CSG and Sony ImageSoft moniker, the studio published 45-ish games from 1989 through 1995, when Sony restructured its gaming division as Sony Computer Entertainment of America. The studio was moved to Foster City and was renamed Sony Interactive Studios America just prior to the September release of the PlayStation 1 in the U.S. market. In 1998, the studio was rebranded again as 989 Studios. While the studio primarily published games, it also developed a number of games, such as the above-mentioned Twisted Metal games and many sports games. So it was a it was a publishing arm for Sony, um, but they also developed their own games. I do want to uh, stop for one moment here to talk about my sources for this show. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Wikipedia. Um, I know Wikipedia is not uh, not a primary source for anything. So any any kids that happen to be listening to this, and when you're doing reports for school, do not use Wikipedia as a source. But uh, with Wikipedia, I used it um, largely as a way to track down original sources, such as that PR Newswire source from earlier. Some information of this has also come from old articles on Giant Bomb, IGN, and uh, from a Sony press release itself. But information about 989's history isn't uh, too easy to come by, so I'm using what is available. There hasn't been, um, you know, if I go and uh, actually one of my, um, maybe next week, uh, my focus might be on Insomniac and, and Insomniac's history. But, you know, there's a whole history of Insomniac out there, um, I think written by Colin Moriarty, who also did History of Naughty Dog. You know, so there, there's plenty of history about other Sony studios, but uh, 989, there's not really. So um, so that's where, where I'm getting this. Uh, Wikipedia, but then I use Wikipedia to, to look up the original sources that, that are linked into Wikipedia. And then also um, found some old articles myself on Giant Bomb, IGN, and uh, Sony. Okay, so the rebranded 989 Studios first game was developed by Studio Sony Interactive Studios America and published by SCEA. It was called ESPN Extreme Games. The series spawned two sequels, collectively called One Extreme, Two Extreme, and Three Extreme, after the ESPN license faded. In an area era of games like Tony Hawk and Road Rash, um, I really remember enjoying the extreme games. It featured, it featured skateboarding, rollerblading, mountain biking, and more. Um, played in a lot of ways like a Road Rash. Um, it was a racing game where you could punch your competitors and knock them down. So um, those were fun games. I, I enjoyed those a lot. Um, the development and publishing arm of the studio really kick-started in 1998 with the rebrand to 989. Named for the studio's address at the time, 989 East Hillsdale East, blah, 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 reset. The address, 989 East Hillsdale Boulevard in Foster City. In 1999, the studio's PC arm spun off as Verant Interactive and was also known as Sony Online Entertainment as well before being spun off as Daybreak, uh, but that's a different, different thing. You may have heard of Daybreak here within the last couple years and kind of what they have been working on. I'm um, going to do a quick run-through of 989 Studios' non-licensed game covering 1995 through 2001. You had the three extreme games, 
um, that they actually developed. Bust a Groove, Cool Borders 2 and 3, Jet Moto 3, Rallycross 2, and the Siphon Filter Trilogy, each of which 989 published. They also developed Twisted Metal 3 and 4. Um, I consider Twisted Metal 2 to be one of my favorite PlayStation 1 games. I've never played 3 or 4. I do want to take a break and talk about Siphon Filter, um, which really was a pretty special um, series, pretty special game. Um, Siphon Filter was developed by Eidetic Studios exclusively for PlayStation. Eidetic, of course, was bought by Sony and renamed Bend Studio. Bend developed Bubsy 3D and the Siphon Filter games for the PS1 through PS2 and PSP before most recently releasing Days Gone on the PS4. So Siphon Filter was released in February of 1999 for the PS1 and is currently available on Android, PS3, PS3, and PSP. The game received a 9.5 from IGN at the time, and was pretty well received in general. Siphon Filter is a third-person action-adventure game following somewhat in the footsteps of Metal Gear Solid in its stealth-based action gameplay. The game follows protagonist Gabriel Logan and his partner as a series of biological outbreaks start happening through a virus called Siphon Filter. Despite some similarities to Metal Gear, Bend Studio creative director John Garvin told the PlayStation blog in 2012 that the game had been in development long before they'd heard of Metal Gear Solid. The idea originally came from a producer at 989 Studios who had written a one-page synopsis he called Siphon Filter, which had zero meaning, Garvin said. The goal was to make the player feel like a super spy and actually drew inspiration from GoldenEye on the N64. Um, now me speaking personally, not, not John Garvin, uh, this is what drew me to the game. Um, I've uh, long been a fan of the Mission Impossible movies and, uh, James Bond and uh, there wasn't really, I mean, yes, there was a Mission Impossible game on a couple games, I think on PlayStation one, but I didn't quite hit the mark. Um, but, uh, but that's kind of what drew me to Siphon Filter, that kind of spy kind of gameplay. Uh, later in that uh, PlayStation blog article, Garvin says that Siphon Filter was nearly canceled several times as it missed deadlines and revamped mechanics and story beats. They worked in crunch mode for about a year to get it perfected. In the first year, the game sold more than 1 million units, which was above expectations and called for a sequel. The team that made that original game was only 13 people. Alright, moving on from the studio's games, 989 Sports started publishing licensed sports games in 1998 with the blitz-like NFL Extreme and the Sim Football Experience NFL Game Day. Uh, this was back when there were multiple options for pro football games. Actually, uh, NFL Game Day 99, um, sometime around that era, is when I got the um, Dreamcast. And uh, so I was playing uh, NFL 2K um, shortly shortly thereafter. Um, I Actually, I didn't play many of the NFL Game Day games, um, but uh, the series and studio's other series uh, were highly influential, and uh, and really a lot of 989 sports games, their their impact is still seen today. So I wanted to take a, a moment and look through some of those series, looking at uh, NFL Extreme. Um, there wasn't there were only two NFL Extreme games, um, and uh, basically they weren't as good as NFL Blitz. <laughs> So I guess that's all the, all there is to say about that. Now, NFL Game Day 99. 
um, Next Generation was a uh, was a site that uh, looked at uh, games back in the day, and um, they really enjoyed Game Day '99, rating it five stars out of five. Had Terrell Brandon, not Terrell Brandon, Terrell Davis on the cover. Sorry, I'm a uh, Ohio native, Cleveland Cavs fan, and uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fan. So I see Terrell. I, I think Terrell Brandon. Anyway, Terrell Davis was on the cover um, of that game. So we, um, all right, so game day, that's game day. Um, I did want to take a take a minute. Here is a press release from 2000 uh, that Sony released about um, Game Breaker, NCAA Game Breaker 2001. And I just want, I want to read some of this press release because I, I think that it, it really fits into what football games and some sports game franchises started to do later on. Um, let's see. We've got NCAA Game Breaker 2001 recreates Saturday afternoons with mirror images of all 115 Division 1A football stadiums from Michigan's Big House to the Rose Bowl, all rendered in amazing detail that only the PlayStation 2 can produce. Um, had uh, 20 bowl games. Hard to imagine when there was only 20 bowl games. Um, there were 30 authentic fight songs and hundreds of motion-captured animations and so forth. Um, I wanted to... Um, oh, where did that go? Sorry, I, I apologize for this. Total control passing was one of the things they talked about. It said players can adjust to changing defenses by leading or underthrowing receivers so the ball is placed just where the receiver can catch it. Um, you know what you can do in Madden NFL 20? You can lead your receivers. And that's been, that's been around for a while now. And maybe other game, maybe Madden was doing that in 2001 as well. But, um, you know, that was a, a trademark. It's actually total control passing is trademarked here. Um, special moves allow game breakers to juke overmatch defenders while a well-timed leap can tip the ball away from the outstretched hands of the intended receiver. A career mode allows player to assume the duties of a head coach, coordinator, or assistant in leading a run to the national championship. Players can then progress up the coaching ladder, landing jobs at higher-profile schools depending on the success of their squad. Um, additionally, the um, gamers are able to save senior players from NCAA Game Breaker 2001 and draft them into the NFL by downloading them into 989 Sports Pro Football Release NFL Game Day 2001. Um I remember doing that with um, Madden, NCAA football into Madden, um, you know, around the same era. But this just shows how how influential and how um, I don't know if ahead of the time or with the times or whatever um, Game Breaker was um, back then. Uh, they also included, um, in addition to the 115 current teams from that that time, there were 64 classic teams from the past, um, and. Uh, they made a big uh, stink about having Ron Dane involved, so whatever. Anyway, I thought I thought that was kind of a neat look at what 989 was doing back in 2001 with um, with their college football franchise, because um, you know really really is a lot of features that were um, implemented into EA Sports NCAA football franchise later on, and even. Um, like 2K, NFL 2K, not NFL 2Ks, um, 2K Sports College Basketball Series um, had a lot of that 
um, that coaching ladder where you start at a, the smallest school and then you can work your way up to the biggest school, um, which is really pretty cool. So um, then uh, they also had an MLB series, Major League Baseball, um, from 98 up through 2006, which then eventually came to uh, – switched to the uh, Sony San Diego and became MLB The Show once um, once 989 Studios dissolved. Um, 989 uh, published Cool Borders 2001, um, which again was a snowboarding game. That was actually the um, – I believe the last game in the Cool Borders – franchise. Um, I remember when uh, snowboarding games were, were all the rage. Uh, they also published a Formula One game um, developed by Studio 33 and Sony Studio Liverpool. Um, the PlayStation 2 version of the game was the first to support the Logitech GT Force racing wheel. Um, it was the last simulation Formula One game to appear on the original PlayStation. Uh, and it was only on PlayStation and PlayStation 2. So um, it was published in North America by 989 Sports. Um, so it is, uh, you know, going down through this, you know, that was an exclusive game to PlayStation and it's a Formula One game. You know, they had exclusive MLB and NFL games. Excuse me. Um, some of their games also were published on uh, PC at the time. Um Looking at, uh, there's a Athens 2004 game. Um, it was published by Sony on PlayStation 2 and by IDOS Interactive for the PC. Um, so it was kind of inter- interesting. You know, it was developed by, um, by Eurocom. And then, uh, you know, again, it was a console exclusive to Sony, but also was on the PS2. Um Looks like it received mixed reviews. You know, not a not a great game. Um, they also published uh, NHL Faceoff and Gretzky NHL 2005 before their eventual uh, downfall. So you get to 2005, and uh, there's a story um, actually published. So 2005, the games developed in 2004. Um, you know, because sports games are generally released with the year ahead ahead of them. Um, so there's a, a story, May 5th, 2004, published on IGN. In a surprising announcement, Sony Computer Entertainment America and 989 Sports announced today that the NFL Game Day, NCAA Game Breaker, NBA Shootout, and NCAA Final Four franchises will be taking a season off. The statement reads as follows. It's important to note that while our basketball and baseball title, our football and basketball titles will not be released this year, 989 Sports, MLB, and World Tour Soccer franchises will continue. And 989 Sports will debut the officially licensed Athens 2004 game this summer and an all-new NHL hockey franchise in fall 2004 on an annual development cycle. In addition to the development of MLB, NHL and World Tour soccer franchises for the 2004-2005 season. 989 Sports will continue to support the 989sportsonline.com for the existing product line as well as its new NHL franchise. Um, and uh, so that that came out in May 2004, 
And then um, later, later kind of that year, it was, it was over. Um, the 99 brand was, was done and they were kind of uh, combined with, um, with, uh, you know, some of their people moved down to San Diego and, you know, continued that MOB, the show franchise. And from there, it, it's kind of hard to, to see um, what uh, kind of what they did next. Um, but clearly, when they canceled their sports lineup for um, 2004, um, the writing was on the wall. So, so in 2004, uh, when that press release came out, from that time on, Athens 2004 was released. MLB 2005 and 6 were released. Um, NFL Game Day 2005 um, was the final release. Um, it uh, was only available on the PlayStation. It was not on the PlayStation 2. Um, which, you know, for a game released in 2005... Uh, as we were getting ready for PlayStation 3 to come out, um, seemed pretty crazy. So, um, so that was kind of interesting as well. Um, clearly that was the end, the beginning of the end there. Um, there was a game called Road to Sunday that was canceled, um, in 2005. Uh, that was part of the fallout of EA Sports getting the exclusive rights to Madden and the reason why everybody hates EA Sports today. It's a little bit of an, uh, overstatement there, but um, I vividly, very much remember when uh, EA got the exclusive NFL license and how disappointing that was for me at the time. Um, So Road to Sunday was canceled, a casualty of EA Sports and the exclusive NFL NFL license there. NBA 2005 was only developed for the PSP. Uh, you had MOB 2006, and then you had the two Gretzky NHLs, 2005 and 2006, released in 2004 and 2005, if that's not confusing enough for you. Um, and so that that was the end um, of 989 Studios, 989 Sports and 989 Studios. So um, certainly the fingerprints of, of those games are still around today. Um, you know, they, they published Siphon Filter through that brand. And Sony Ben Studios just released Days Gone, um, which by most accounts um, is a pretty good game. Maybe not great, but but pretty good. Um, and uh, and you've got the M- MLB The Show series still going strong. And uh, and then I would even even posit that uh, many of the things that they were working on in their other series are still alive in sports games today. So. 989 Studios, really cool. Um, a lot more history there going back to 1989 than uh, than I would have thought when I looked into this. So uh, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope that I uh, hope you learned something about 989 Studios. Um, like I said, I want to continue doing this in the future. Um, I will dive into Insomniac at some point, whether that's next week or, or a later show. I'm not sure. And... Um, Other than that, I hope that everyone has a great week and a great week of gaming. If you get breakfast for the PlayStation 4 home entertainment system, let me know. Shoot me a message. Add me as a friend. Seth is the goat on PlayStation. Maybe we can race and wreck into each other 
or we can uh, run into each other on Apex Legends um, or whatever other future game comes out that, uh, that, uh, that we can connect with. So have a great week. Never stop gaming. And though we may pledge fanboy allegiances to different flags, deep down inside we all serve one master, one king, and his name is Gaming. Forever may he reign! <laughs>